This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts really could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and December 31st, please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift. Click the Donate button on DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue the programming you have come to expect from us, like those from Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essif, Archbishop George Lucas, and so many more. Please prayerfully consider supporting our mission, which is dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. Thank you, and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris McGregor, and it's a pleasure to have you with us for a series of very special Discerning Hearts Advent Reflections by Dr. Anthony Lillis, a renowned Catholic scholar and professor of the mystical spiritual tradition of the Catholic Church. As we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, we now turn to the timeless wisdom found in the writings of Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, also known as Pope Benedict XVI. His work, particularly in Seeking God's Face, provides a deep well of spiritual nourishment for this sacred season. Dr. Lillis will read a selected passage from Pope Benedict's writings, offering us food for thought and prayer during this Advent. After the reading, I'll ask Dr. Lillis to share his insights and suggest practical ways we can incorporate these teachings into our daily practice this Advent. So without further ado, let's delve into the wisdom of Pope Benedict XVI with Dr. Anthony Lillis. This reflection is called The Light of a New Humanity. Anyone who goes through our streets in the early days of December will often meet him. St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus, dressed more or less as a bishop and never without his long white beard, which has been attributed to him since at least the 8th century. What these Santa Claus figures say and do is also more or less episcopal in nature. Often, they are more in the role of a boogeyman than that of one who makes present the love of the Holy One, the love of which the legend speaks in many variations. It is almost impossible to tell with historical precision who this man was, and yet by listening attentively to the oldest sources through the mists of time, we can still discern the radiance of a figure who opens up the door to Advent, who can mediate, that is, an encounter with the reality of Jesus Christ. In his portrayal of the life of St. Nicholas, his most ancient biographer, a certain Archimandrite Michael, says that Nicholas received his dignity from Christ's own sublime nature, just as the morning star receives its brilliance from the rising of the sun. Nicholas was a living imitation of Christ. In the radiance of his virtues, says the biographer, the sun's righteousness has dawned. Tradition has always equated St. Nicholas or Santa Claus with the Bishop Nicholas who participated in the Council of Nicaea, and that together with that first great assembly of bishops helped to formulate the affirmation 
of the true divinity of Jesus Christ. What was at stake here was at the core of Christianity, whether Christianity was to become just another sect or something really new, faith in the incarnation of God himself. Was Jesus of Nazareth only a great religious man, or had God himself actually become in him one of us? So ultimately, the question was this, is God so mighty that he can make himself small? Is he so mighty that he can love us and really enter into our lives? For if God is too far away from us to love us effectively, then human love too is only an empty promise. If God cannot love, how can man be expected to do so? In professing faith in God's incarnation, therefore, it was ultimately a case of affirming also man's capacity to live and die in a human manner. The figure of St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, illustrates and symbolizes this connection. Theodore Schnitzler put it very well. In putting his signature in faith to the mysterium of the incarnate Son of God, a person is enabled to be a helper of his fellow men, to bring happiness to children, families, and the oppressed. Faith in the incarnation promotes the salvation of mankind and the implementation of human rights. The oldest sources concerning St. Nicholas also point in the same direction from a different angle. Nicholas is one of the first people to be venerated as saint without having been a martyr. During the persecution of Christians, those who opposed the pagan state power and gave their lives for the faith had quite automatically become great examples of faith. When peace was concluded between the church and state, people needed new models. Nicholas impressed them as one ready to help others. His miracle was not that of great heroism in the face of torture, imprisonment, and death. It was the miracle of constant kindness in everyday life. Another of the legends expresses it very beautifully in this way. Whereas all the other miracles could be performed by magicians and demons, and thus were ambivalent. One miracle was absolutely transparent and could not involve any deception, namely that of living out the faith in everyday life for an entire lifetime and maintaining charity. People in the fourth century experienced this miracle in the life of Nicholas and all the miracle stories that accrued subsequently to the legend are only variations of this one fundamental miracle, which Nicholas's contemporaries compared with wonder and gratitude to the morning star reflecting the brilliance of the light of Christ. In this man, they understood what faith in God's incarnation means. In him, the dogma of Nicaea had been translated into tangible terms. The morning star, which receives its light from the rising sun, this ancient description of Nicholas is also one of the oldest images of the meaning of Advent. If we are to be continually lighting candles 
the candles of humanity, giving hope and joy to a dark world. We can only do so by lighting them from the light of God incarnate. This, at the deepest level, is the message of all the St. Nicholas and Santa Claus figures. From the light of Christ, we are to light the flame of a new humanity, caring for the persecuted, the poor, the little ones. This is the core of the legend of St. Nicholas. What? Some European cultures, you actually, on St. Nicholas Day, you put your, your shoes or your stockings out on St. Nicholas Days. He fills them with candy or, or other good things. This is the figure that Pope Benedict XVI kind of has in mind. I'm thinking right now, even as I'm talking to you, he donned a papal form of dress that looked a lot like Santa Claus. It had velvet red and the white ermine, and he looked like a Santa Claus figure. So I, I think he had a special love for the saint. It seems as though he understood him in a spiritual way. Like all of our cultural figures, there's kind of a a, a, a culture comp of a, a cultural battle being waged about uh, Santa Claus. And so more and more movies are coming out where the, the Santa Claus figure is more and more ambiguous. <laughs> you know? yeah. And against that tendency, we have in our tradition, this bishop who by the communion of saints is still with us today. And Pope Benedict is so good to recount all the different miracle stories you hold, you hear. If you listen very carefully, it's always about him doing something good for the poor and the powerless, for the children and the vulnerable. And not one thing, but many things over a lifetime. Uh, it becomes a kind of pattern of hope. And so what does this mean when you're watching Santa Claus ringing the bell in front of your favorite store, hoping you'll mm -hmm. put in for the Salvation Army or whatever charity it might be? For those of us who are trying to enter into Advent spiritually, Remembering the saint and remembering Christian holiness and remembering and choosing to see that figure has a reflection of the light of Christ and how you interact with that uh, figure in front of others, especially in front of children, will help others remember that light too. And what does that require? That requires that we take on for ourselves, adopt for ourselves, St. Nicholas's generosity and concern and selflessness with those around us. St. Nicholas, you might say, is the saint who reminds us that Advent is a time for almsgiving. I just have to say that as a parent, long ago, I was really overjoyed when a cartoon adaptation coming from a fine Catholic a production company had a cartoon, really well done, but it was on the life of St. Nicholas, the man who had become Santa Claus. And the depiction of his sanctity in the beginning, and even the, telling the kids about how he would suffer to be that witness of love and generosity and kindness, that he would be imprisoned. The thing that I found as a parent, I kind of just smiled and shook my head at the time, but as he went into prison, somehow the figure portrayed came out years later as a very older man with a long white beard and a very big stomach. And I thought, how do you get fat in prison? <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> That's the only thing that I saw that was just like, oh, really? <laughs> to be able to do the types of things that Nicholas did and exemplifies, it does take divine grace. I mean, it does take literally the light of Christ's love to be able to accomplish, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And this is where the Holy Father, his dogmatic frame of reference is so important for us. St. Nicholas was likely present at the Council of Nicaea. There's a, a story where he, he actually rebukes a bishop who does not teach that Jesus is truly God and truly man. He rebukes him even to, to the point, it's, uh, the legend is, that he physically slaps him, hits him. Somebody could go, well, wow, isn't that kind of extreme? And that doesn't really fit the story of St. Nicholas very well. He's supposed to be you know, this generous, loving guy. And why is he getting so dogmatic and violent about things? That, that story, if it has any value at all, in order to understand what the legendary St. Nicholas may have done at the council, dogma has huge consequences for life. The things we believe, we believe for great purpose and great reason. And so they are worthy to be fought about. And what is at stake in what we have in these words of reflection is, did the word of the Father enter into our humanity and save us from meaninglessness? Did he rescue the meaning of human love, rescue the meaning of human life by becoming one with us, entering into our plight? Or is love and life and the whole thing really a sham? Because if we hold that Jesus isn't who he says he is, true God and true man, if we hold that, that he's somehow a sham, then our salvation and our own life is also a sham. So what's at stake here is the, the reality and the deep truth uh, the meaningfulness and the love of what it means to be a human being. And here we have, on this time of year, in very secular places, all over our, our malls and, and sometimes at churches too, this figure dressed in red and white with a beard on, without even, most of the time, even realizing it, is witnessing to a truth about the faith. One of my most memorable moments as a parent was we were at a Christmas liturgy and just before mass started Santa Claus walked in he walked in as a bishop and he went up to the crash and he kneeled down before the crash it was kind of like the people at the parish were kind of saying children it's time to adore the Lord at that particular liturgy if I'm remembering right the Archbishop of Denver actually came in after him <laughs> and started Mass. You know, there you go. St. Nicholas took his proper place, you know, among the people of God. The mystery of St. Nicholas in Advent is a mystery that takes us to the Eucharist if we let it. And I think this is what Pope Benedict is trying to help open up for us in this reflection. What I also love is his connection to the ritual action if not necessarily liturgical, but it's one that has been kind of incorporated into our liturgical experience, as it were, of lighting candles, even more so during this particular time. And he connects that with the importance of us being the light, Nicholas being the light in a darkened world. To be a candle, to be that light, something has to be consumed. That's, yeah. that's how it's produced, right? Amen. Amen. That's beautiful, Chris. Well, I mean, I probably heard you say that once or twice in the past. So, 
But uh, any final thoughts, Anthony, on uh, this wonderful reflection by our late great Holy Father, Pope Benedict? Well, Pope Benedict launches us into Advent with um, this beautiful reflection on St. Nicholas. And I invite a family's parents who are listening to share the mystery, the sanctity of St. Nicholas and the mystery of this Advent in their families. What a beautiful, beautiful time this time of year is for children. And St. Nicholas, he protects the innocence of it if we let him. Children of all ages, I'd say. Amen. All right. Thank you, Anthony, so much. Thank you for joining us for the special Advent Reflection on the Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcast. We hope this discussion has enriched your spiritual journey and provided meaningful guidance for this blessed season. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerning hearts. And may you have a peaceful and prayerful Advent. <music>